Welcome to our podcast, The Words That Make Us. Consider this time with us as your excuse to take a break from everything. Every episode, we choose a word that makes us think, wonder, or dream. We read a range of texts that explore different aspects of this word. And we let our thoughts wander. We hope that yours will too. So grab your favorite tea. Or a beer. And join me, Ramachar. And me, Tony Bailey. Let's go! <laughs> so, today's episode is about reputation. Nobody. Who are you? Are you nobody too? Then there's a pair of us. Don't tell, they'd advertise, you know. How dreary to be somebody, how public, like a frog, to tell one's name like live long June to an admiring bog. <laughs> well, I hope I'm not nobody, but sometimes I feel like a nobody. I mean, Sometimes it's good to be a nobody, isn't it? Sometimes you feel like, do I really want to be recognised everywhere I go? Do I really want to have that responsibility of being somebody that everybody relies on and everybody needs something from? Sometimes it's really nice to be not just nobody in the sense of being anonymous, but also nobody in terms of importance. Let me just be like a leaf in the wind. Nobody needs anything from. So having... On our topic for today, having a reputation isn't necessarily something that is positive or life-affirming. It kind of can have an impact on the quality of your life because you're trying to live up to it, maybe? Yeah, I think it swings both ways. Sometimes it can be a great thing and sometimes it can be a burden. Like, And I think also the interesting thing is that the bigger and better your reputation is, the higher the stakes, right? So if I am a nobody and I lose my reputation, big deal. But if I am somebody that everybody looks up to, let's say I'm an idol of some, some sort, and then I lose my reputation, not only I would be devastated, but all the people that look up to me. So it's a double-edged sword sometimes. Yes. I think it's, a, it's an interesting topic for today because... Reputation seems to me to be more important than perhaps it's ever been. Mm. And there are more pressures on people to try and preserve their reputation where mm. in the past you were allowed to make mistakes or to tarnish your reputation a little bit. But there was always a little bit of understanding that that's what people did and people made mistakes. But yeah. maybe there isn't now. What, what, do you, um, what do you understand by the term? What's your definition? Could you... Uh, when you hear the word reputation, what does it mean for you? So to me, reputation can be both good and bad. There is no certain connotation to it. It's just that some, some people have a bad reputation. Some people have a good reputation. Um, and we certainly strive to always have a good reputation, don't we? Maybe just not just for our sakes, but for the sakes of people around us. So, for example, where I come from in Syria, reputation is a huge thing. Um... For example, you could not get a good groom if your reputation wasn't great. And um, for, So does for, that explain your marital status right now? <laughs> or? Well, kind of. It kind of <laughs> does. Oops. <laughs> no, I did have a good reputation growing up. But there are so, so many things that go into this. So the first thing about reputation is, and I don't know why we're starting on such a heavy thing, because what I'm going to tell you is actually... Oh, it might get heavier. It is heavy. Um, for example, in the Middle East, it is really important for a woman to have a good reputation. Otherwise, she might not get married and her sisters will not get married. Wow. And the whole name of the family will be sullied. So I remember growing up, my parents kind of taught me through really terrifying stories that you guard your reputation like your life depends on it literally 
because I don't know if you heard of like um, honor killings. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So this is very much something that comes from the Middle East. Wow. Okay, not so much my kind of, my family. I have never heard of anybody get killed for something they had done, nor do I think my dad would have ever done anything like this. But it's really dire because when women lose their reputation, if if there's a rumor that she's had a lover or she ran away with someone, they will find her and they will kill her. And so you know, the scariest part is that they usually let the younger child younger brother because he's a minor kill mm-hmm. her you know so they make a child commit such a, oh such my a goodness. happy days then happy days um, but what is this reputation that you're talking about that you are having to uh, protect or to uphold who, who decides what it is and what it contains unfortunately it's society isn't it so for example if you are here and people you want to get married to someone, then people don't really go around asking about your reputation. They, they judge you by your actions, basically, which is a really cool thing. But where I come from when I was growing up and I was at the age where, you know, people were thinking about maybe proposing to me or asking for my hand in marriage because it's never about me. It's about the family. Mm-hmm. They would literally go around and ask, you know, the grocery shop uh, owner uh, on the corner of the street. They will ask him, what do you know about this girl? They will call the neighbors. They will call people and say, hey, you know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who lives on that street. Maybe you can ask them what the reputation of this girl is. Wow. Um, And unfortunately, it's like we get... So that's not the only part. So what would be an example of something um, that would tarnish your reputation? So before I go into that really scary part, which is like, what's between a woman's legs? There's like, there are the things, for example, what socioeconomic background do you have? Mm -hmm. You know, how much money, how, but also what's your family name like? So in Aleppo, for example, where I come from, families are all well known and you can easily trace their, you know, grandparents and and their whole family tree. Um, So that's part of reputation, you know. What was the job of your father and your uncle and all of that? But when it comes to, like, the reputation of a woman... Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, I will never forget the story my mom told me about, you know, just mentioning it. No reason to mention it at all. That her neighbor once was caught um, writing letters to somebody across the street. No. Just writing letters. Not doing anything. Just writing him letters. Scandalous. Scandalous indeed. And then her father caught her and he actually shaved her head and she was terrified to show her face in public for many, many months to come. And so I'm telling you, it's serious business. That's quite a different background to me, Rama. Yeah, I know. I did get into trouble once for shame in my family when as a little boy I was found having a pee in the grid. (laughs) And I I was frog marched home by my by my neighbour. And then my father gave me a lecture on shaming the reputation of the family, but it doesn't really bear comparison. Nobody shaved your head. They didn't, but I I probably got a good walloping or lashing at the time. But I think what's really interesting, though, um, is how society, the surrounding culture that you were living in, had such a big impact on determining whether you had a good reputation or not and it's like not their like a, standards you a, a know hier- a hierarchy in place based on how your family sits in the league table of good to bad reputation no but the thing and is like even if you do belong to the elite kind of society you just have to make one mistake and mm-hmm. then you're really gone like my father for example he was a very well educated man and he was educated abroad and everything and he knew that what society imposed on us was not right but he was totally kind of like, sorry, that's the society we live in. We have to live by it. And he had a saying that I will never forget. He was like, if you're walking amongst blind people, you have to take your eye out. Yeah. You know, because you have to live by the standards of the society around you, which I found a bit excessive because, like, don't they say be the change you want to see in the world? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we had to live by those rules. I just can't imagine how... Um difficult it must be to live in that kind of environment if you are a truly authentic person mm. you see for me the essence of being a a good person is to be true true to yourself to be truly authentic 
But if all the time you're having to be worried about what other people are thinking about you mm. or, or worse still, what other people are thinking about your family, so it's not even you, it's by implication, yeah. then um, yeah, you must be tiptoeing around your life all the time and you can never truly express yourself. You really you know, do. You can't dance in the rain or yeah. whatever because it's going to look bad for your for your family exactly and you really have to be like really really careful what you do and what you say and who you hang out with like I remember when I was 22 or something I was maybe 21 hanging out with this lady who was my age but she was already divorced yeah I remember somebody from my family saying like Please don't hang out with her. She's no. a divorced woman and she will reflect badly on you. You're you're still not married, so you have to be careful with your image. I'm like, how is this fair? Yeah. You know, like the, wow. the woman had a really terrible life. She was divorced at a very, very young age. And we have to make it even worse for her by not hanging out with her. It mm. was just it was just really sad. Yeah. What, what does the um, Quran say about um, reputation? Um, well, it says a few good? things, but there is something really cool that I found and that actually always stuck with me from when I was a child. It says something about... Let me see if I can find it here. So this is from the chapter called Al-Hujrat, yeah. verse 12. It says, O believers, avoid being excessively suspicious, for some suspicion is a sin. Do not spy nor backbite one another. Would any of you like to eat the flesh of his dead brother? You would surely detest it. And I really like this. Mm. This is something that we grew up by. Not to say that we never gossiped. Of course we did. Yeah. But we always had that at the back of our minds. You know, it's like kind of like, be careful. And that image of you eating your dead brother's flesh yeah. was so yeah. scarring. Yes, rings a bell as well when you think about... Um what happened here in Germany during the Nazi regime and, mm. and the way that people were policing each other and their reputations yeah. in order in order to protect themselves, obviously. Mm. Um, but yeah, not a not a good image. No, it's not. It's just to say to say that it never touch people's reputation because this could reflect really badly on people, and just acknowledging that. And I, I really like that. And also when it says something about suspicion, I think this is. Maybe also suspecting something based on somebody's reputation. Or, yeah. you know, here it means just thinking the worst of people. That's what yeah, suspicion yeah. means. But, yeah, and spying on people also. Do not spy. I also really like that because yeah. being nosy is kind of spying, isn't it? It's like yeah. trying to well, see. I'm, I'm sure we'll get onto it in our discussion, <clears throat> but I do think that modern life, it might we might not call it spying, but we. We are taking an unnatural level of interest Trying, in, in other yeah, people's yeah. comments, activities, whatever, more so than we ever used to. And know. sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's good to expose people. You know, like, I think, I don't know, you have to be really, it's a really fine line. Like, there was a, a lady, I remember a few years ago I was teaching and then a colleague of ours comes in and she says to me, have you seen the news? Did you hear about this lady? I was like lady what are you talking about and she her name was Petra Laszlo mm -hmm. and she was a camera woman in Hungary and this is during the time when um, Syrians refugees but mostly Syrians were trying to come through Europe and they were hungry and so they were trying to get into Hungary first and then go somewhere else and they were showing how these refugees are trying to cross the border and you could t totally see the police trying not so like feigning mm -hmm, the, the, mm -hmm. trying to stop them but they were actually letting them through but this camera woman she's holding the camera on her shoulder and then she's sticking her foot out or her leg out trying <laughs> to trip people and at some point she kicked a girl so badly and let her like made her fall and it was like it was shocking to see and then there was a whole page on Facebook dedicated to her and um, urging the publication she was working with or the TV I don't know TV channel to fire her and they, yeah. they actually did and she ended up suing facebook for it saying that you know she was they never took down something that actually harmed her image and yeah. actually put her life in danger yeah and in a way i'm like but you've kind of earned it yeah kind of deserve it i think it's sure. a really 
it's a real 21st century problem. Yes. Um, because, um, because things are visible to so many people. I think on the one hand, like you say, that, that example, I also think about it like the, the George Floyd example mm. um, in the United States, the Black Lives Matter movement, that bringing imagery like that to the, the public. general public, caused, it caused an outcry across the world um, and really put the um, Black Lives Matter movement on the agenda. And I think it was right that there was, there was backlash um, but there are also other examples there where I feel like social media has become like a kangaroo court for people who just want to appear very woke or somehow to have a better reputation than everybody else or mm. to be better than other people um, to, 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 to try and destroy other people where maybe what's been said or done or the context is, is just not clear. Um, one of my favourite authors, I think we've spoken about him before, a guy called John Ronson, mm-hmm. um, makes documentaries, uh, journalist, writes books. But in his book, um, So You've Been Publicly Shamed, mm-hmm. he um, <clears throat> he writes a number of sort of essays or examples of people where um, public shaming on Twitter or, or uh, Facebook has, mm-hmm. has, has happened. But... So back in 2013, he talks about a, a woman called Justine Sacco. Mm-hmm. Became quite famous as a result of this, but she's uh, she's going on holiday. She's she works in PR. She's only got a few followers on Twitter, hundred or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, as a joke, she's going to Africa on holiday. Says going to Africa. Hope I don't get AIDS. Just kidding. I'm white. Oh dear. So <sighs> yes, upon reflection, she probably should have thought twice about what she'd posted simply because it could be taken in a number of contexts. Mm-hmm. Um, but her intention was to really mock herself, really. Yeah. Mock her white privilege, yeah. mock the sort of in, uh, entitled um, bubble that she, she lived in. Well, in the 11 hours that she was on the plane to Africa, there are over 100,000 100, tweets. Oh, dear basically absolutely trolling her destroying her um some extremely rude things that i'm not going to read on our our podcast that were posted upon her um and she ended up being fired from a job didn't get a job back her life was somewhat destroyed um and when you look at an example like that there's, there's two things about it one is people are not entitled to clarify or apologise. Yeah, that's the thing. So you can't say, look, you didn't, you didn't understand my joke. My joke was actually <clears throat> about white people, not I'm about sure black people. I'm sure she tried. I'm sure she did release a tweet or something. But, but probably got even more abuse hate, yeah. on the back of that. And I think the second point about it is, who are these 100,000 people? Yeah. And what is it about their lives that is causing them to feel the need to respond to somebody who hitherto only had 100 tweets? Yes. No hundred yeah, followers. Yeah, yeah. What are we doing? It's like um, it used to be the, the 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 job of the legal system to decide what was right or wrong. Yeah. Well, now we have written laws, but we've also got this big grey area in in the middle where society is now making that decision about who's it going to destroy today. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you've been watching. Uh, Netflix, probably, possibly not. Yeah. You know how David Beckham found, but talking the the, the um, program about David Beckham and what happened to him when he was sent off in a World Cup game oh. against Argentina, mm-hmm. and how he was getting death threats and oh. people, you know, hanging effigies of his of his body out out of pubs and the press absolutely destroying him because, because he, was, he, did what? he was sent off in a, in a From, like making game. a mistake. And he made a mistake oh, okay. and got sent off the field and he was <clears throat> completely destroyed by the, by the English public. Unbelievable. Twelve months later, <clears throat> he scores the winning goal and England qualifier for the World Cup, so now he's like royalty again. But it was, yeah, it's really shocking how quickly yeah. we, uh, you know, that momentum... Yeah, it's it's really it's generated. Scary. Yeah, but you said something about how, like back then, it was um, 
court that decided whether we would be condemned or yeah. something. But actually, this reminds me of something that um, I have here about Monica Lewinsky, because mm-hmm. I watched a TED Talk by her um, a few years ago, and then I, um, I had to find it again, because she said, remember, just a few years earlier, news was consumed from just three places, reading a newspaper or magazine, listening to the radio or watching television. That was it. But that wasn't my fate. Instead, this scandal, of course, talking about her and Bill Clinton, Mm. was brought to you by the digital revolution. That meant we could access all the information we wanted, when we wanted it, anytime, anywhere. And when the story broke in January 1998, it broke online. It was the first time that traditional news was usurped by the internet for a major news story. A click that reverberated around the world. What that meant for me personally was that overnight I went from being a completely private figure to a publicly humiliated one worldwide. I was patient zero of losing a personal reputation on a global scale almost instantaneously. Yeah. And it's really interesting because... She was probably the first... The first yeah. generation to really be impacted by exactly, the breakthrough by the in social media. Yeah. Amazing. I'm really impressed by the way that Monica Lewinsky has, back to reputation, but she has kind of rebuilt... She really has. ...her reputation. Interestingly, she did not destroy her reputation. She's rebuilt it, but other people destroyed it by what they decided to say about her um, which is an interesting thing about reputation, isn't it? It is. Do you do you make it yourself or do other people create it for you? Do you break it yourself or do other people break it for you? I think it's both, isn't it? Like some people work on their reputation consciously trying to build a certain reputation and some people just get it by sometimes doing something that they didn't even intend to do. Whether it's good or bad, that's that's something else. So Yeah. I don't, um, I think I'd probably work hard not to get a bad reputation, Mm, mm. but I don't work hard to get a good reputation. Mm -hmm. Um, Things that people would say to me, oh, Tony, you've got a good reputation for X, Y, Z. Mm. I'm trying to think of something, but I can't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you have a good reputation. um, They're they're things that for me are givens. Like, you know, uh, you've got a reputation for being very well mannered. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that wouldn't be something that I'd work at. It's mm-hmm. just something I've always always been, probably. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I'm never late. Mm-hmm. You've got a very good reputation for being on time. Well, it's like, so what? It, you know, that's not a big deal. It's a characteristic that other people have picked up about bestowed me. bestowed on you, yeah. That they've noticed. Yeah. And in a way, if that's all you noticed for, that's a bit, a bit of a shame, isn't yeah. it? And there's deeper things. But the bad reputation, I definitely would work hard not to give a bad impression in, 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 in most aspects of my life because that, that must be a, quite a burden. That would be a burden, yes. So sometimes I think that it's, it's, it's interesting what you said about reputation is that sometimes good reputation, a good reputation can also feel like um like a prison because yeah. sometimes you have a certain reputation like the good girl reputation for yeah. example maybe you don't want to be like that and maybe you, you want like... to be able to you know explore and go out and date and do things but yeah. no 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 you're this good girl and you can't do anything beyond that you're not allowed to make mistakes you're not allowed to learn you're not allowed to you know just mm. be silly and foolish sometimes and i think you have to be really careful like and sometimes that ends up meaning that you either never live a life because you have to protect your reputation like this little glass jar that you live in yeah or you end up doing things behind closed doors and not being authentic and letting people know what kind of life you really live and being a hypocrite in the process yeah so it's it's interesting about i think reputation how sometimes it sticks and even if it's good it's not good for you well it's not real is it in mm-hmm. insofar as um well it's really something that's bestowed on you by mm. other people. And mm. if, if, as you say, it's not something you want. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to be viewed as... The goody two-shoes. The goody two-shoes or the geeky person or whatever. But that's what people will bestow on you. Um, let's have a look. John Wooden, a um, 
football coach, basketball coach, basketball coach. Be more concerned with character than reputation. Character is what you are. Reputation is what people think you are. Hmm. And I think that's true. Um, And I always think if I've got a good reputation in the workplace, it's because I'm a good actor. (laughs) Or it's because I... I'm doing it, doing the right things. I mean, the things that I do in the workplace to try and get a good reputation in the workplace do not mirror how I am at home. Mm. I have a reputation for everywhere that I am. Yeah, that's true. That's because we have different identities everywhere yeah. we are, right? Yeah. You are not the same Tony at school that you are at home. Yeah, we and have so, a number of, of different personalities. Have... Yeah. Um, and we live, we live to each of them. So... And they're all part, they make up my multifaceted character. Exactly. Um, so maybe I quite like to have a bad reputation in certain parts of my character. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, maybe, I don't know. So you, you at the weekends you play in a rock band and you yeah. quite like to be seen as a bit of a bad boy at the yeah. weekends. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. Or, you know, when Tony plays football, he's really tough. He's really dirty, <laughs> you know. What, what were, you know, having a... Bad reputation as part of a mixture is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, no, it's, it's, especially if you maybe sometimes do it as a kind of rebellion. You know, I'm rebelling against all of this good person that you make me to be. I want to have something where yeah. I feel like I am you so know, having not a, what you think. Having a bad reputation with people that you don't respect or who, who you... Don't in a way, you, you don't care what they think. So mm. actually them thinking that you've got a bad reputation is a positive thing. I mean, if, if they're people that you don't, whose opinion you don't value, then it wouldn't be a surprise if they felt that you had a bad reputation. But this is very interesting, isn't it? This is where they're like, the people-pleasing thing comes out in me. It's kind this of came like, out last time. I know, <laughs> it won't go are away. You in, are you in therapy, Rama? Because I think <laughs> you should, you probably need some. I am working mm. on it, but like, I still want this perfect image in front of everyone and in front of myself. It's really, sometimes it's a prison and it's, yeah. yeah. Interesting quote here. A guy called Joseph Hall. Mm. Um... A reputation once broken may possibly be repaired. Mm -hmm. But the world will always keep their eyes on the spot where the crack was. And I like that quote because I think it's so true that you can really work hard to repair damage that you've done. Mm -hmm. Reputation. Maybe you had a, you know... Tony had a, a reputation for womanizing or mm-hmm. for drinking or mm-hmm. gambling or or whatever. And you can clean up your acts. Yeah. You can. Yeah. But people will never forget that that was there. Yeah, it'll always be there. And they'll always there. look at it as something that might, you know, it would be a doubt. Mm. There'd always be a caution. Mm. You know, he might start drinking again. He had a bad reputation or, you know, he used to treat people in a particular way. So um, reputation is really powerful. It is. It is and... If you think about it actually from a business point of view as well, you know, it's like this is where reputation is vital, isn't it? For me, for example, I would never go to a restaurant or go to a hotel without looking first at the reviews. Mm -hmm. And I think once there is one or two bad reviews, they are very difficult to overcome. Well, this has become um, a a major issue for businesses now. Mm. Um, Back in the day, back in the 60s and 70s, um, companies weren't hiring people to be their reputation manager. Mm. Um, you could build a good, solid reputation over a long period of time. Just through word of mouth. But by doing a decent enough job, mm. um, the product itself being mm-hmm. decent enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, um, most consumers are like you. That The first port of call they will go to is to see what other people say. And so it's almost like we're treating products, services and other people like items that we are going to publicly judge in the public court of approval. So you only need a restaurant. I mean, there's so many stories of restaurants where two or three people, and the stories might not even be true, Mm. who will slag off a restaurant Mm. or the service that they had or or whatever. Um, And that can really destroy the reputation and business of a, of, a, of a company in the same way as 
posting things about somebody on Twitter or, um, you know, uh, posting a book review. I mean, how many books do you read if you see that the general feedback is only two stars? Would you buy that book? I would not. I, I mean, would not because, you know, our time is also very limited and you're not going to go for something that is not tried and tested. But but what makes you think that these people all are, these other people who are reviewing books have any kind of taste? Why Why do you go with that viewpoint? I have, I'm not judging you because yeah. if I was going to buy a frying pan, I'd buy the, the frying pan with the highest marks out of ten. Yeah. For the price. Yeah. Yeah. But for a book, you wouldn't care if it's got one, only one or two stars? No, I would. Okay. I would. I'm, I'm exactly in the same boat as you. Um, I, but I don't like it. Um, I don't know if it's a bad thing, to be honest with you. I feel like there is a certain trust in the people around us where you feel like they can't all be stupid. Yeah. You know, I think I like that as well, kind of trusting what the general public says because sometimes you're like oh what do they know everybody is this stupid and if they don't mm -hmm. get it that must be their fault yeah you know and we could say that but it's actually if you don't know how to communicate your your message with the people that you're trying to reach then you have failed no matter how wonderful your message is and if i and i'm not i don't think of myself as a superior to anybody if a lot of people didn't get it or didn't like it then quite likely I yeah. might be the same and yeah. so yeah so I think there's then yeah part of me does not want to approve mm. but part of me is a social animal and so knows that actually I agree with you in, in that if something is is being approved by the rest of the population then it's probably at least a safe safe assumption or and you know exactly. i think safe the, is the word the power here. of the crowd or because something. if you think about it from like a survival point of view you know back when we were cave yeah, men true. and women you know if a lot of people eat from the same tree and die then why would i go and try the same That's tree true. you know so I it's like yeah so my local chinese is the equivalent of the local tree <laughs> yeah quite a few people have died no no, no. i hope um not. yeah but that's that's true Warren Buffett, yeah. one of the big entrepreneurs, uh, venture capitalists, wealthiest men in the world. It takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. And I think in the world of business, back to that little discussion about business, that is absolutely present now. Um, you look at the, the amount of traffic that is, is generated every day, um, Every day a company is getting itself into trouble because of what's been said or done. It may even have nothing to do with the product. Just yeah. what they stand for yeah, or yeah, what, they've, what they've aligned themselves with. Yeah. And you have to go on Amazon sometimes and see, like, sometimes something has one star. Yeah, because the delivery was not good and the package was broken. And you're like, but seriously? Like, you can't just slag <laughs> not, off the, 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 the whole not, it's product. Not it's not representative yeah. of the product. And so we have to have some conscience, actually, when we do something like this. And there has to be some integrity. So but also, we did question, hear... Right? Yeah. Do you do you post feedback? Only when I'm extremely satisfied or extremely dissatisfied. Which is a brilliant answer because what I was going to say was reputation can only be good or bad. Yeah. We're not really that interested in things that are in the middle. In the mediocre. So uh, as long as it's got more than four stars, then that's good. It's got less than two, that's bad. But I think we don't describe people as, oh, you know, Rama, yeah, she's got a really average reputation <laughs> you know that that's not where reputation falls it's a really emotive word you either have a really good reputation or you have a bad reputation I'm or you don't sure. have a reputation at all yeah. you know sometimes then that we say we don't have i think reputation comes in in the extreme it's like either yeah. oh this person has a really good reputation or they have a really bad reputation but we never go around saying he has seven out of ten and he has six out of ten and you know so i feel like reputation comes in only when you really have something to say about that person yes so you could back to what you're saying at the beginning just walk around in life and have no reputation at all on anything. Yeah, you're a nobody. But in many ways, then that, that becomes a definition of being a nobody. Yeah. Is a person for whom there is no positive or negative repute. 
yeah. there's nothing that you stand for exactly. positively or negatively. Like, I remember actually a few years ago I was playing this game with the students out here and I was I was supposed to cover that class. So it wasn't my class and I didn't know what to do with them. So I was like, you know what? It's a well-being class. I'll take them all outside and I'll throw the ball at each one and each one has to throw it to the next person and when they throw it to someone they have to say something nice about them. Yeah, I thought mm-hmm. this would be brilliant. Yeah, But of course these were like angry teenagers and so one of them got the ball and she was going to throw it to this other person she threw it and she was like you you're always there <laughs> <laughs> like a bad smell <laughs> and I'm like, I just looked Isn't at her I was like what you can't just say that about somebody but like she clearly resented the whole idea of giving somebody praise or she maybe didn't like that person I just remember the receiving person going like okay then <laughs> like I am a nobody that to you the, <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate in compliments <laughs> what would you like your um colleagues or friends or family to be saying to you in terms of reputation oh that's a good one I haven't prepared but I mean I definitely want it to be a good reputation I want people to mention me here's the thing though like we always say I would like them to say something nice about me when I'm dead at my funeral and I would like to be you know watching them from above trying to see what would they say about me Mm -hmm. isn't this like something that people sometimes like um stage their death so they would hear what people say about them <laughs> actually before i go to that did <laughs> don't you don't do that <laughs> no no i won't would break break many people's hearts but no do you know nobel yeah the, uh, as in the prize but the guy behind it actually mm-hmm. he was the one who set up the prize because he felt no let me backtrack so this guy nobel um he was actually famous for um, making, was it gunpowder or mm-hmm. um, what was it? Like the, the name of the thing? Anyway. Gelignite, no. Uh, d- dynamite. Dynamite. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so the idea behind dynamite was actually to blow up like mountains and, and rocks so they would be able to extract, I can't remember what it was. But anyway, that was yeah. the idea behind it. And then, of course, people saw this and they were like, what a fantastic thing to kill each other. So they took dynamite and they started blowing each other up, which was not his intention, but it ended up being like that. And he ended up being really, really, really rich. And then one day his brother dies. And so the news um, newspaper runs an article saying the merchant of death dies. And then they write horrible things in his obituary and he's mortified. Mm. And he was like... "Um, i got to do something to change that reputation. And that's why he set up the Nobel Prize. Yeah. So he decided to kind of clean up his name, which was a good thing for us then. You know, people now strive to do great things for that prize. Yeah. So it was a good yeah. thing. And I do think he did redeem his, his reputation in that way. But anyway, back to your question. What I would like people to say about me is... Hmm. If I was to be really like... Um, if I were to have a big ego, I would say, I would like my students to say she changed the way I, I saw them, something or thought about something or my life even in a way. Mm-hmm. That would be my legacy that I would like to leave behind is that I have changed, helped somebody become a better person. Otherwise, I would just like people to, when they think about me when I'm dead, to smile and say, she was a good person. Yeah. How about you? Well, it's interesting because the things you said... I, I understand all of that, but I don't think of those as reputation. Huh. I think reputation's got, a, for me, has got a slightly different connotation. Okay. It's like um, some aspect of you that is exaggerated in some way. Okay. So that people it becomes associate you. it with you. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Mr. Bailey's got a reputation for talking really fast. I see. Or it's almost like, um, yeah, what what are your character traits that, that are positive or negative that people, you know, um, associate with? Um, being remembered for being just a, a yeah, lovely man. Mm-hmm. 
You're not is, interested is in it, that? I am. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, that would be good. Okay. I'm not too interested in being remembered because if I'm being remembered, I'm not there. Mm. So therefore, ergo, I don't mm-hmm. care. Mm. But um, um, as part of my reputation, mm. I'm not sure that would be something that would be in there. I, I, th- I sort of feel like reputation's got a... Um, yeah, it's something that if people were describing you in your in a particular setting, mm-hmm. given a set of criteria that are important in that setting, mm. they would hone in on. Okay. So uh, Rama has a she has a great reputation for the level and detail of her lesson planning, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is not true. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. But, and, um, but um, yeah. That, so in a, in a professional setting, reputation or reputation for great classroom management or for being really enthusiastic in the classroom. Mm. Um, I don't think in a classroom setting or work setting, you know, what's his reputation like? Is it, oh, he's lovely. Mm. I'm not sure that that's that, about reputation. Uh, yeah, okay, I see what you mean. I mm-hmm. I meant as a, I thought as a general thing in my life, how I, I would remember it when I'm, when I'm dead. But, but, but do you think, do you think that... That would follow that you you just have a because I think you have multiple rep like you said yeah. multiple reputations. Mm. So the ones you talked about are probably to to your closest and most loved ones. Mm. Um, but other people who know you in other settings would probably pick up on other things that that they would yeah. um, they would think were important. Maybe. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I think you're right. I think we see the word reputation um, in different ways. I think to me it's like your reputation is like what are you n- known for in general, but to you it's like more specific things. But here's a question for you. What is the difference between reputation and like, or how much of reputation comes from ego? Um, really good question. I think if I say it depends, that means I sort of... Yes. I, it's I a cop-out. Mm, it's a cop-out. I think if you've got a large enough ego, you don't care about reputation. Really? Because I would have thought exactly the opposite. Well, Tell me. I think if you are seeking to gain a good reputation, then there must be some insecurity in you. Mm. Because you must be feeling that you need to prove to people mm. that you are worthy in some way. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're super mega confident and you have a great ego, you don't need to prove anything to anybody because you know or you believe that these things are, are, are true. <clears throat> and I think, um, or it may be the counter that if you have got a poor reputation, mm-hmm. if you're insecure mm-hmm. and if this impacts you, you're going to do everything you can to try and um, build a reputation. Build, rebuild your reputation exactly. or to put these things right. But if you've got a large ego and you're very confident and you walk stride through life, mm. you probably don't care. I mean, I wonder, you know, someone like Elon Musk, for mm. example. I mean, he's got a very, very Bad reputation. solid reputation in so many, um, so many places. Donald Trump. Mm. Do you think these big ego figures care too much but maybe until they got to here they had to work on their reputation maybe they needed their reputation Mm -hmm. and they built it to a point where they were like you know in business for example like trump and um Mm. elon musk they're both businessmen aren't they and if they don't have a good if they didn't have a good reputation when they were first starting out nobody would have done any business with them and they wouldn't be where they are here today so i don't know i feel like i do sort of feel that um I would feel, particularly with those uh, people we're talking about, that their building of reputation was not authentic. Mm-hmm. I'd feel it was part of their mm-hmm. journey to to power uh, and to authority. It's, it's a means to an end in the end, yes, exactly. They are their product. We talked about product last time, yeah. we talked about appearance. Their product is their personality, therefore... They, they need to work on developing their reputation and standing so that they get the financial backers and they end up with the people around them that are going to make them to be successful. Um, 
But personally, I'd much prefer to have a, a truly authentic reputation. Um, and or a consistent reputation. I mean, interesting exactly. about Donald Trump, say, for example, um, depends on who you speak to, which which um, section of the community or the world you talk to mm. as to what his reputation is. Mm -hmm. It's exactly as we talked on, on two polar ends of the scale. Absolutely. Um, I'd like to just have one set of opinions about me and my reputation, which would be on the whole positive, I yes. would, I'd hope. Yeah. Yeah, but maybe it is. I mean, in these times, polarization is the thing, isn't it? Yeah. When well, you get you, a reputation as being a polarizing figure, like exactly. Donald Trump. So, exactly. Yeah. And so as long as he has a good reputation with his followers and they will all vote for him, then he really doesn't care about the other reputation, right? Because um, yeah. he's got enough following to enough people to believe that he's a good man, that he has the, the interests of the country at heart. And, and so that's enough for him. Mm. And so he does have a good, good reputation, but with the people that he cares about. Um, amongst, the people that are, yeah. uh, amongst the people that are important to him. Exactly. Um, that's true. I do think that some of the reputation is definitely coming from ego. I think like our wanting to have a good reputation definitely comes from ego. But you also want to know that you've mattered, you know, like as, as well. It's like if I have a reputation for being a bad teacher or a, a bad friend or a bad human being in general, then what am I here for, really? Yeah. And if and I think caring sometimes is a good thing, caring about your reputation, because it means you care about your actions as well. Now we come yeah. to some. But do you think that, that that then means that reputation is just a manifestation of of what you care about? So yes, if you do care, if you care about other people, you care about how you come across, you care about being good, you know well mannered, being kind, then having a good reputation in those areas will obviously be important to you. Yes, because they reaffirm that. What my value trying to do exactly um, is is working or is uh, is acknowledged by others yeah actually that reminds me of a story in the quran actually i don't know if it exists in the in the bible as well but the story is about a man called al-khudr and i think it was moses that was sent to him to learn from him i think but i'm not 100% sure and um god apparently says to him go and follow this good man and mm -hmm. um, you will learn a lot from him um but it seems that this man does not give a damn about his reputation he just does what he thinks is right and he does not care what people think of him which when you maybe what you said is like zero ego he is very confident in what he, in what he does and he doesn't care what other people think of him so anyway he says to him okay you can follow me but you can't ask me any questions so al-khudr then um goes and um he sees a sh he gets on a ship that is about to sink and actually he makes it sink and so the guy says to him, why, why did you do that? That's very bad of you. And, mm -hmm. and then he says, I told you not to ask me any questions. And then he goes to, they go together to a village and they ask them for food because they're very hungry. And the people say, no, we're not helping you. And then he sees a wall that is about to fall. He goes and fixes it. And Moses says to him, why did you do that? These people were horrible to us. They don't deserve our help. And he says, I told Tell you, you not, not to ask me any oh, questions, yeah, yeah. you know, and so, and then he does something similar like that again, and then he asks him again, why would you do that? And he says, this is the end of our journey together, but now I'm going to explain to you why. So basically, he made that boat sink because it belonged to a really greedy man that was going to hurt other people. He fixed that wall because underneath it there was a treasure that belonged to two orphans that mm -hmm. needed to needed it to stay there until they got older and they could take care of it themselves. And this goes... Because you see people like that in, in the world who really do not care what you say about them. They know that they are good people. And, they and will... their motives are clear to them. Exactly. Even if they're not clear exactly. to you. Yeah. And reputation is often made without a real understanding of motive or context, isn't it? Yeah. Um, interested to see. So that was from the current. So I have some... Let's see what they... What does the Bible say? A, proverbs. Mm -hmm. A good name is to be more desired than mm -hmm. great wealth, favour, 
is better than silver and gold. That resonates a lot with me from my childhood um, as a middle-class Protestant. The Protestant work ethic is Mm -hmm. all based around that. Mm -hmm. Before you can enjoy great wealth, before you can um, enjoy silver and gold, you've got to earn your way through creating a good name for yourself. Yeah. And I think that's probably a major driver in my early professional life. Mm-hmm. It was all about building my good name. Okay. Moving jobs in order to continue to build up my good name. Trying to get in with the people who would you know, spread the word about my okay. good name. Okay. Do you regret that? Yes. Okay. What a thankless... Why would you do that? Mm. No disrespect, Proverbs and the Bible, yeah. etc. But um, why is it... Uh, why is it desirable to... I suppose it is desirable to have a good name, isn't it? Yeah. But, but how much not, are you willing to sacrifice for it? But it's not worth the sacrifice. It's more desirable than, than great wealth, I guess. Because there's more legacy associated with mm-hmm. a good name. Um, I've got here yeah. something for you. Nietzsche, the, the oh, German yeah. philosopher, yeah. Um, he's talking about sacrifice. He says, a bad conscience is easier to cope with than a bad reputation. Who yeah. has not, for the sake of his reputation, sacrificed himself? That's and, so true. That's the story of my life. I find that really, really incredible that he says that because there are really times when we don't do the right thing just because we don't want to affect our reputation. Well, going back to an earlier episode... Exactly. ...and the ageing thing, what we kind of said, Mm -hmm. or at least what I said, was when you get to my stage of life, Mm. actually that doesn't follow anymore Mm. because I'm past the point of building a reputation. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm I'm at the point of dismantling my reputation, <laughs> or, or uh, there are things that I had a reputation for that I just don't want to be involved in anymore. Yes. So in my past, I've done a lot of leadership positions. Oh, you get Tony involved and you get it done. I'm too tired, so I don't want to have to protect it. So I prefer just to forget that I ever had that yeah. reputation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's absolutely what Nietzsche says is absolutely true. I, I get that. There is another um, Emily Dickinson poem, and I found it, but I didn't know that we were going to need it, but here it is. Go for it, yeah. Fame is a fickle food. Fame is a fickle food upon a shifting plate, whose table once a guest but not the second time is set, whose crumbs the crows inspect, and with ironic caw, flap past it to the farmer's corn, men eat of it and die. See, I I found that very interesting Mm. when you were saying about it wasn't really worth it and fame is a fickle thing. I mean, fame and reputation, they're kind of similar. I think fame is the uh, excessive or the lust for fame. Yeah. I I, I never wanted to be famous. Famous, never. Well, not not, not in... Admit it now. I'd love to have been a professional footballer, but that's that's a child. (laughs) No, I wouldn't have wanted to be famous. Um... But I can see where fame is an extension of reputation. reputation. Exactly, I think so too. Yeah. And it becomes even more um, important if you look at the stress and strains that famous people put on themselves yes. to keep their reputation. Yes. Taylor Swift. Yeah. The reputation tour. Mm. What about it? Well, it's interesting that that should be the theme the for, title, her, for yeah. Taylor Swift's tour because yeah. I think exactly that. Yeah. Notion is is the one that's running through, through her mind. Not that I'm a big, you know, follower of Taylor Swift. Apologies. Mm. To any you know more about Taylor Swift than I know. Whatever. He who seeks to gain reputation shall lose it. Mm. He who does not seek reputation shall gain it. That is from the Talmud. Okay. And um, I would like to think that's true. But I sort of feel in the 21st century with social media, it's becoming less and less possible. But I think in the past, um, you would get a quietly gain a reputation by going about your business and doing what you did 
in a particularly good way or a efficient way or in a loving way or 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 such like um and i think if you in the past if you went about trying to gain a reputation you'd actually gain a reputation for that hmm. uh, it's just trying to yeah. just trying to show off or yeah. just trying to gain favor trying too hard whereas now i can't help but feel that there's a very very large portion of the population who are spending their time online trying to gain reputation by what they post yes and you know why because they can make money from it now yeah now you can quit your um, job and become an influencer and just build a certain reputation that you know she knows something about life or she is very yeah. fit and i can follow whatever she does and well i believe there was a survey of uh, american high school students mm-hmm. And being an influencer was the most popular career choice. I know, I know, and I'm not yeah, sure what to make about of what that. They want to do. Well, it's basically saying I want to have a, I want to gain a reputation by doing basically nothing. <laughs> but I want to gain a reputation just out of being me. Okay. And that, that I, you know, that's a little bit worrying, isn't it? But isn't that um, the whole point about just be yourself and don't change anything about yourself to match anybody's expectations and, you know, maybe... Well, and that's also the, That's the he who does not seek reputation shall gain it. Mm. You have to do something mm. in order to, to gain the reputation. This reminds me of something else as well from the from the Quran, actually. Because in the Quran, I think it's the Quran, I'm not sure if it's Muhammad in Hadith, or but one of the two, where um, there's something really interesting where it says that if you were to give money to the poor with your right hand, your left hand should not know about it. So basically all these people that have a, a reputation mm. for being philanthropic or being, yeah, you yeah. know... Yeah, I have a problem with that. With what? Which which one? Philanthropy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this is what it's basically yeah. saying: is like, don't go and publicize it. Make sure that you don't need that kind of reputation. You can build your reputation in other ways, but don't go and show people like how generous and how giving you are. Um, why do you have a problem with philanthrop- philanthropy? Um, so if you are the CEO of a large organization, I. I I'm not sure I want to say names of organisations just in case somebody sues me, but <laughs> there are a number of examples of CEOs, wealthy individuals who are earning multi-million pound, if not billion Billions, pounds, yes. a year as a head of an organisation. Yeah. And in those organisations, people are being paid minimum wage. Yeah. Um, sometimes there are non-ethical working procedures or, you know, the environment is being ruined or whatever. But these people are earning massive amounts of money bigger than you or i could even imagine Mm -hmm. um and then to hear them say well you know my wife and i have set up our own charitable foundation and we've been helping this group with their education by giving you know two million dollars well i'm I'm thinking is that all you know yeah like you could be giving a lot more two million dollars your your tax advisor has probably saved you hundreds of millions by sticking your money offshore um if you really were philanthropic you wouldn't be telling me about this you'd be quietly doing it you'd be quietly doing good mm-hmm. and i think you know a lot of philanthropy is about reputation buildings that's to what exactly the thing it's like it's um, it's almost like it lo- makes, reputation laundering isn't it it is makes me look good and i'm thinking well how about just pay tax <laughs> just pay tax like everybody else does yeah how about understand that um, the amount of money you're earning is obscene and settle for something that is, you know, of course you're the boss, you should earn the most, but not like, you know, two and a half thousand times more than the average work in your company is earning. That's obscene for me. So I see philanthropy in most of its cases as the obscene tip of the iceberg really when it comes to inequality and yeah why should a rich uh, ceo or you know entrepreneur like that be having to fill in the gaps in our social system shouldn't the money be there in our social system to pay for education and for for books and for vaccines and whatever yeah i mean the system is definitely flawed isn't it but also something else that you um made me think of is the dignity that you rob people of when you are so charitable to them and you make it so public. Yes. So this was something that came um, up 
in the Syrian revolution, where people would go and feed some people who have lost their homes or lost everything, you know, and they would give them food, but make sure this is caught on camera and that you put this Absolutely. on social media and everybody has to see these yeah. young children with their runny noses or whatever. It's like, look how good I am by yes. giving them money robbing them of their dignity basically and so it's like so that my reputation yeah but then um, it backfires really because they get so much heat then saying like how dare you put people on screen on display like this to just show your good reputation you know but But things we've we've covered like with social media um i do feel that this is where reputation I think in the past, reputation was was kind of a fairly neutral thing. Mm. You had a good reputation, a bad reputation. Mm-hmm. Now it's almost the product. Yeah. And when people are actively competing with each other for the upper hand in the reputation wars. Yeah. Um, oh look, here's a picture of me um, shouting somebody out in town centre for saying something racist, or here's something here's me doing some charitable work. So aren't I good? It's me, 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 me. Um, yeah. Then I think I, I'm not sure I'd want to, to a reputation that was gained in that way. I think it's exactly what the Talmud says: He who seeks to gain reputation shall lose it, because <clears throat> ultimately that approach has got to backfire on you if it's not authentic. And speaking of authentic, this actually really reminds me of um, what's happening in China right now and how this constant surveillance makes sure that you have a reputation. They really need you to have that reputation. And they say, you know, the perfect citizen. They have, you know, a board full of the pictures of the perfect citizen. Mm. And they make you famous, but they also make the bad, quote-unquote, citizen also famous or infamous, so no bank will give you a loan, nobody will hire you, you're kind of an outcast and nobody. Um, But also, some people might say, isn't it a good thing that we are watching people all the time, that means a lower crime rate, you know, and Mm. it's like making sure that everybody cares so much about their reputation because they gain something from it, you know, they can go on the bus for free, they can do many things for free, they get all these favours, and that is the incentive to become a better human being. Yeah. Do you become a human, better human being when you're being watched all the time? What do you think? Gosh, that is such a good question. I mean, your actions are invariably better because you are being watched and you know that. But is it authentic? Do we care, though? Is. See, if, you, and if your reputation, if your personality, if the goodness in your soul and your heart was authentic... You wouldn't need to be watched by anybody because we would know for certain. But I think there is so much distrust now Mm -hmm. in society, um, borne out by the experiences that we see on social media, for example, Mm -hmm. um, that, yeah, I I don't think we can trust everybody to be... I think... ...good good citizens and to do the right thing. So surveillance... I hate the idea that I'm on camera most of the day somewhere. But on the other hand, I'm confident enough that I'm not doing anything wrong, so I've got nothing to worry about. Yeah, yeah. But also it means that if you take away that constant surveillance... So, for example, I grew up in a police state, and we were kind of not surveyed so much by the the, um, cameras as such, but surveilled by our neighbours and the people Mm, around us and all of that. And that made us behave in a perfect manner but was that really us and once the war started you know and Mm. people there was no more police or like there was chaos how did people then behave when they did not have that kind of fear of the state anarchy starts to set in i guess exactly so what you should do really is to build the human from within rather than watch them all the time and make sure that they're on their best behavior all the time i think the word that's just Popping up, popping up in my head now is community. Mm. And if you look at the breakdown of community, mm. then you can see why all of the controls that a good, closely knit community would have um, exercised. So looking over its people, quietly admonishing people who weren't being good people, uh, looking out for each other. That's kind of disappeared so we're having to replace it with the kind of artificial means, yeah, which is yeah. a third party looking at cameras and, you know, or recording us. Hmm. Yeah. 
I think we have talked a lot today. Yes. Have you got anything for us to, f- to finish? I've got a good, uh, I've got a good Shakespeare one. Um, I've got a roomy one. And I've got to, to say this one because we can't go away without me reading something. Oh, yes, Roman. that's true. But we do Shakespeare <laughs> so, every week, so let's no, not do Shakespeare. We have to do both. All right. So I'll do Rumi and then you finish with Shakespeare. Okay, please. all right. So Rumi says, run from what's comfortable, forget safety, live where you fear to live, destroy your reputation, be notorious. I have tried prudent planning long enough. From now on, I'll be mad. I really like this. And it's I really a bit like, rock and roll for it Rumi. It is rock and roll for Rumi, I know. But wow. I think he threw caution to the wind and decided to be just a Sufi and um, uh, yeah. that his only love is God because he and God were one, weren't they? So that's my bit. Can I'm, you? Yeah, I'm still reeling from that. That's not <laughs> what I expected. No, no, so I know. That's nice, nice reading. Okay, <clears throat> what does Shakespeare say in Othello? Um... Good name in man and woman, dear my lord, is the immediate jewel of their souls. Who steals my purse steals trash. Tis something, nothing. Twas mine, tis his, and has been slave to thousands. But he that filches from me my good name robs me of that which not enriches him and makes me poor indeed. I love this. What a great thing to finish with. I think that's... What's amazing about that is, you're an English teacher, when was Shakespeare around? <coughs> How many hundreds of years ago was that written? And yet know. it is so pertinent to yes. life in the you know, 2023, 2024. It, it is fantastic indeed. I've really enjoyed our conversation and uh, so I think it's enhanced I. our reputation as podcast <laughs> broadcasters. <laughs> you should hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Very good. So, um, yeah, we'll say... Goodbye and and look forward to the next one. Yep, see you next week. Exciting. Bye. Bye. We hope that you've enjoyed listening to the readings we chose for you today. And that our musings have ignited your thoughts. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and those you think would enjoy it. If you have any thoughts, suggestions or any kind of feedback, please send us an email using the email in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you with the words that make you.